Hello, you're listening to the Sunnyside Podcast Show. I'm Ron. I'm Scott. And listening in from uh, oh. far away is... PJ! <laughs> it's so smooth. It's so silky <laughs> smooth. Can you hear me? It's you so- put me up behind listening in from far away. I'm I'm on Skype, listener. We're so, we're so good at this. Um, yeah. Cue the music. Ron forgot that he had to press the Ron forgot that he had to press the button to cue the music and in a panic mashed his palm into the buttons and played the two versions of the song about that was amazing I'm really glad you spent 600 quid on that piece of kit to do that yeah I probably should have spent 600 quid on someone to run it for me so PJ uh, why are you not here because <laughs> I wanted to see if you could handle the phone in call. No, well, um, no, 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 we can't. No. <laughs> Needs more testing. Um, I am not there because it is a particularly weird week for me. Uh, doing, I'm doing all sorts of weird stuff. And but today specifically, I got a dog in the post. A dog in the post? How's I mean, not in the, not in the post, not in the post. The dog was delivered. Okay. We've been looking, right? So we've been looking at a dog, right? This past couple of weeks, we've been looking. At, we've threatened to get a dog for the kids for years and years and years, and finally, um, we have been sort of looking at greyhounds. The greyhounds are a lovely big. Uh, I, I mean, I think we mentioned this before, but they're. I, I don't think they're a cute animal, but they are kind of nice looking. But they're. I, I don't think people go. I want a dog. I should get a greyhound. But having said that, when you spend a bit of time with a greyhound, you realize they're quite a laid-back animal. They don't really need much looking after. They're kind of, they're big, but don't take up much space because they don't run around or anything. All they want to do is lie down and sleep. It's like that is a perfect animal for us. Yeah, they're a very uh, loving animal. It's like being loved on by a set of bagpipes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, how do you know this? How do you know about uh, these animals? I I, I know nothing about them. A friend of mine has one. And yeah, it climbs up on you and it is all legs. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, and it's the saddest looking animal I've ever seen. It's got the saddest looking eyes of any animal. So I don't know if that's that. This one is particularly sad. So the the place we got it from is uh, it's a sort of adoption home for greyhounds. So when someone uh, breeds some greyhounds and decides I've had enough with greyhounds, whereas this one, what this one's actually a courser, which is sort of bred for chasing after stuff. I don't know, I don't really understand it, but it's bred for chasing after stuff, but uh, for rabbits and things, apparently, which is not nice, but that's that's where we were. Was it um, sad before it saw its new home, or was it sad after it met you? No, no, it, 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 I think it was, it just is a sad face, it's just sad constantly, but it, it, um, it was bred as a courser to, to hunt rabbits and things, and it just wouldn't perform, it would not courser, so uh, the owner was going to put it down, the owner's daughter said, that's a really nice dog, it's just would suit some person's family, so um, we should put it up for adoption. That's what they did, and so we 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 bought it home with us. So we've seen it a couple of times, and and it's been bought into the house now. We've never owned a dog before, so there's all sorts of new factors we had to take into account. It was my wife's getting stressed up to the eyeballs about this dog and and what we need to do to make sure a dog's okay, and do we have space for a dog? And no, we don't. Oh my god, what does it eat? Oh my god, how does it poop? Oh my god, when is it going to pee? Make sure we know what. Oh, it's just manic. It's manic, and it's like we don't need this right now. But you know, we, I, I suppose. Like, we definitely spent longer talking about getting a dog than we ever considered about having kids. Well, I mean, what what is the adoption process like? I've always wanted a, I've always wanted a dog. I've had a dog when I was younger, but everyone says, if you're going to get a dog now, get a rescue dog or get some sort of 
Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I would tend. I mean, if you're going to get one, get a rescue dog. The, the. I mean, you might as well get damaged. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not. I mean, they're often not damaged. They're often dogs that somebody's bought and as a puppy and has decided I can't, I can't look after this or circumstances change. With the with the with the greyhounds, they're racing dogs. So what tends to happen, I think, is they go. This dog's uh, racing life is no use. It's three or four years old, and so. It's time to get rid of it, and I mean, it's it's kind of not very nice that that's what happens, but that's well, what happens. And now, since um, the, the greyhound track here uh, in yeah. Lisburn is closed and shan't yeah, and won't I mean, be reopening, there's going to be probably going to be a lot more greyhounds up for adoption. Yeah, oh, wow. I would imagine so in the short term, but I think in the longer term, it means that there probably won't be breeding quite as many because there isn't, you know, there's any, any yeah, but they've got but, their, cur- their current crop of. Oh yeah, yeah, and that, I mean the biggest problem dogs. with the, the place, the place that we adopted this from has maybe eight greyhounds at any one time. They have kennels and stuff, um, but they basically are full up and they can't take any more in for adoption. So they're until they get rid of some of the, the greyhounds they well, already you have. You should so, adopt a greyhound and let them uh, open up that slot to. Well, let, 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 let me let me tell you let, let me tell you the process. So the, the, this charity that well they're not really a charity yet, but this this organisation basically they walk greyhounds every fortnight in the park. So if you want to adopt one, basically you say, look, I'm interested in a greyhound. And you go along to one of these walks. And if, you, if you're if you kind of just as we were, we were just sort of first looking into it, it's you sort of go up and meet the people that are up there and you see the dogs and you have a wee chat with them about what kind of animal you're looking for. And I mean, for us, it was about an animal that was quiet and would be good with Nathan and Thomas and didn't really need much looking after. And I mean, we're up three blocks of flats, the top floor of a block of flats. So uh, it's not a... It not, ideal for us to run it in and right. And you would think a greyhound would be a bad choice, but it turns out that they, they are not, you know, they're, they're, they are lazy animals. So um, we went along to a couple of these walks and the second one, uh, we didn't get walking any of the dogs, but the second one, they, the lady said to us, look, I have a dog here perfect for you called Mouse. It's uh, a, a courser, which is slightly larger than a greyhound. And like we were already squeezed for space for a greyhound. Um, and the courser was... Um, it's a lovely brown colour. I posted post a photo of it on, on uh, Twitter. It's a big galoofing of a thing. It's like it's big enough to reach its <laughs> nose up to the up to the counter in the kitchen. So it's really big. And you've been to my flat. It's not a big flat. So uh, we've made space for it. It just seems to like so far sitting on the sofa, of course. And I was going, oh my god, I can't tell it to get off the sofa. What are we supposed to do? I'm going, just push it off the sofa. It's not. It's not a wild animal. Just shove it down. Is Annette treating this like some sort of house guest at the minute? At the moment, it's still a bit new, and I think she's just a bit panicked about having this dog and making sure. I mean, they do a house check, so what they do is they come out to your house, but they basically, they've said this, it's like, oh yeah, well really what happens is we come out, have a chat with you, and then leave the dog with you, so it's not really a house. They're not, they're not walking around looking for booby traps or yeah, anything, you know, but Annette... they actually have a house, yeah. Yeah, you're checking you've got a house and checking that you, if you say it's on the top of a block of flats, that it's on the top of a block of flats and you're, you know, if you say that we have a big garden and they turn up and you don't have a garden, it's like, okay, that's not what we were expecting. Um, so, it, I mean, they had a cup of tea and they left the dog, we signed some paper and they left the dog. Now, essentially, we have the dog on a trial period, so a week or two weeks or something. Uh, and after that period, if we, if for whatever reason we don't get on with it, we we can give the dog back. But if everything's great, then we basically we own the dog. Then. Presumably, the dog gets a say in this as well. <laughs> no, he gets no, no. Actually, well, yeah. I mean, I think I think after two weeks, if the dog doesn't like being here, we'd know. And 
that's so that's the the feedback we're looking for is woof woof. I don't like being here. Well, most but the dog, most, has, this dog doesn't bark. So most importantly, how are the kids? Uh, feeling the about Nathan, Nathan's a bit standoffish. Tom thinks it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to him. So Tom, Tom's very excited. I mean, it's not like a small dog you can play with. This dog you can't really play with. So that that's one of the things with greyhounds. I don't think they're playful dogs the way other animals might be. So they don't they don't particularly care if you throw a ball for them. They don't particularly care if you rattle a toy in their face. They just are not fussed. They just want to eat and then sleep and go for the occasional walk. Okay. And that, that's about it, which suited us great. I mean, that's that's exactly because it was like I would be here most of the time with the dog working. And if a dog needs a lot of attention while I'm working, I can't be doing with a dog, you know. So uh, this one's going to need two or three walks a day, 20 minutes each walk, you know. Well, that'll be so nice I'm for not, you as well. I think so. I mean, it might be more healthy than what I normally do, which is sit in the house. But, um, it's. I mean, I'm not looking forward to picking up dog poop. But you know, I've handled poop before. I'm a poop handler. I know how that how that gets handled. PJ, your ability to get shit into a carrier bag is unsurpassed. <laughs> it's in question already. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't, can't, don't be trying I'm to get him to shit directly into the bag. <laughs> yeah, you've got to that wait for great. it to come That'd out first. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what it's like on a day-to-day basis when I've got to work and stuff and how it goes. So that's that's the that's the big thing in our life is this new dog. So I haven't really had a chance. It's like, I don't know if it's a dog you can kiss and hug and, you know, but, you know, it's a nice. It's like having a horse. He's like a horse more than a dog. It's a very big animal. And you're like a Shetland anyway. pony, so that works out well. <laughs> I'm a little hobbit. I'm walking along. <laughs> like you'd, you would, no one would know if we and the dog were far away or, or just actually right beside you. It's like that's, um, got, that scene in Lord of the Rings when they're hiding from the 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 yeah, dark, yeah, hiding from the dark riders <laughs> underneath the, the, the little tree you, stump. You've had a dog for a long time, Scott. Though yes. you, I mean, your dog is is quite the poop eater, I believe. Yes, yes. She and, will, uh, she will eat a turd right out of a nappy. <laughs> Um. Yeah, yeah. She's a pain in the hole. <laughs> <There's> no, <laughs> that's it. There's a. She's a pain. That's it. I mean, do you have no, to walk she, her? No, she gets same with the dog. She's grand. She's like <laughs> Ralphie adores her. Um, but she mm-hmm. wasn't a rescue dog. Or like no, that, she it? wasn't a rescue dog. No. Um, and we've had dogs for like family dogs for probably. 20 odd years labradors and mm. and such so we're used okay. to having a dog but yeah. hannah, hannah's already said whenever whenever this one dies she doesn't want another one for quite some time see my mom said that too and i keep i hate the way she keeps on referencing like when the dog dies like as if you know that trains <laughs> on its way when well, your dad finally goes scott or ron that's when your dad finally goes i'm not getting another husband that's it i'm well, gone she divorced 10 years ago so. <laughs> but, <laughs> i don't think it makes a difference to her if he dies now or not <laughs> oh god we all have such tragic backstories um so uh yeah yeah i mean i, I don't know i, th- I think because an mom had a dog and and she was the same as like when this dog dies i'm done with dogs um i think there there probably is a point where they just they're just more hassle than they are company like you i suppose you think they become i actually think this would be good company for my dad my dad's sort of single carefree yeah he, he wants to take a dog out for a walk to see if he can pick up some ladies on his on his roots oh, jesus uh, <laughs> No, you threat you threatened us with something the other day. 
what was that? Oh yes, oh yes. I said to my, my dad has taken sometimes phoning me now, and it's like hey, you're. He's like, do you want to go to the cinema tonight? I'm going tonight. Just cannot, uh, you know. And the cats in the cradle, styly. I just cannot that. But um, I said to him, and it was more an active kind of. How can I, uh, you know, I need to have a conversation ender, or I need to need to kind of finish this conversation. I I said, do you fancy coming on the podcast? He goes, what's that? And I said, well, it's like a radio show, except it's just me. He goes, what would I talk about? I says, um, well, whatever you want. You know, I'll ask you stuff. It'll be fine. Eh? You'll be good. You'll enjoy it. He goes, I okay, then. We'll maybe do that. So I think we're going to get my dad on the podcast, which will be an interesting experience for everyone. We should have all of our dads on. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Would that be a good idea? We should do a podcast with our wives and a podcast with our dads. That would be the, the way to go is a podcast around us and all of our relatives. Um so yeah, I mean, I I, I kind of think I get my dad on. I'm going to ask him some stuff, and it'll be on the record. He'll not be able to squirm out of it. He'll not be able to get it. And I can't imagine there's a lot of things he's going to go. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that. But at the same time, interesting to know. So, um, like you know, my my granddad was a, an orange man, married a Catholic girl. Uh, that's interesting, I think. Uh, and he because he was a Catholic. It, that grew up with cat, or because he was an, an excellent range man, because they kicked you out as soon as you married a Catholic girl. Uh, all the kids were Catholic, because at that point, if a Catholic girl married a Protestant, all the kids had to be Catholic. And so he, uh, according to my dad, anyway, he hated all the kids because they were Catholics. So, and there were 13 of them. So. <laughs> so he was an orange man, but he's like, all my kids have turned out Catholics. I can't I'm, believe I'm so not keen on any of them. Not one of them's an orange man. What the heck is going on? Um, it, it, seems, it seems like your grandfather had the same uh, had, this, had the same attitude towards religion as my father, and that they think it's a genetic thing. <laughs> Why aren't you a good orange man like me? I don't understand what, what's what's going on. Yeah, I, I mean, it's always a surprise to me. I think whenever you talk, it's, it's going to be interesting when I find out what my kids think when they're a bit older and, and where they fall online, because you kind of think. Oh, how come you're not exactly the same as Nathan? I think we'll be exactly the same. Tom might be, I don't know, um, might might be religious. Who knows? I don't know. So he went out. He was out the other day. So he he had his confirmation the other week and um, had to pick a saint's name. So it's a Catholic thing. I don't really understand it, but uh, ostensibly I'm a Catholic, but I don't understand it. But um, you, you have to pick a confirmation name, so you have to kind of choose a new name to be christened under in the eyes of God and stuff. And so he picked the name uh, Michael. You pick a saint's name is the, is the dealio. Okay. And then the school, the school kind of goes, do a bit of research on the saint's name you've picked because that's going to be your inspiration in the you know in the church and stuff. So Annette, Annette, now this is how bad a Catholic we are. Annette and him were sitting down and going, Paul, Paul, we're trying to find out information about St. Michael, what he did before he was a saint. Have you any idea? And I, I went, I looked him up. It turns out he was all, he's an archangel. So <laughs> he didn't have a day job. He was an angel. They're going, but are we allowed to pick an angel? I go, I don't understand the rules. And then, he, open, then he opened Marks and Spencers. I was going to say St. Michael made, yeah. the, made the clothes for Marks and Spencers. <laughs> Yeah, and also St. Michael, like the the dealio with St. Michael was he was the one that fought Lucifer uh, on the, during the fall and stuff. And so every every image of St. Michael is him holding a fiery sword aloft while he's got uh, uh, Lucifer under his foot. And Tom's going, he's, it's like Tom had to do a picture of this. And he's going, I don't want to draw him. He's like scary looking and he's got he's got this guy. And they're all like, like for some reason, I mean, let's face it, every painter who painted something for the Catholic Church way back in the day was his... It was his flaming gay as St. Michael's sword because, like, they're all idealized. 
perfect images of masculinity, and you're like going, "Come on, lads!" I mean, come on. So Michael, all- fighting, Michael fighting Lucifer is this setting up some sort of a Nathan versus Tom showdown? No, or that's is- an interesting point. I mean, in the in the yeah, that, I don't know. I mean, there is an interesting dynamic there. I suppose really, yeah. there's the supervillain uh, as, as sibling. Like, speaking of super supervillain siblings, have you been watching Umbrella Academy? No, I watched the first episode of it. I, I, quite, not, I quite enjoyed it. Have you not queued up a ding sound to make whenever I do a really good segue? No. Oh no, I haven't yet. I will. I will. Oh, for God's sake. What is the point in you buying that kit if all you're going to do is mess up the intro music? (laughs) I can do that. I really wanted that to be the sad trumpet. Oh, sad trumpet? (laughs) (laughs) So the the listeners won't know this because we're on on my new uh, Roadcaster Pro um, podcasting deck. Or as we're calling it, the Roncaster Pro. The Roncaster Pro. Roncaster Pro. Uh, yes, I. I mean, uh, there are. I was talking to uh, Stevie Robinson, who does a podcast, and it never occurred to me. But uh, Stevie and I were just generally complaining about uh, technical stuff. Well, yeah, we weren't complaining about. He was complaining about technical stuff. He used to be a DJ, and I was kind of saying, "Ron's got this new thing called the the Rod Master, whatever it is." And <laughs> he's thinking, "This is like this is an opportunity for Sunnyside Studios to to open up the doors and start." start helping other podcasters in some way but of course i thought of that before talking to you so you know i do think i do i mean i i do think sunnyside uh studios should be available to other podcasters i don't know how you feel about that ron is that i, a thing I think that, so too. i mean ultimately that would be my aim is to, is to record all yeah. kinds of podcasts Protestant yeah. ones okay, and well. catholic ones <laughs> <laughs> never the twain shall me i hope you wash it in holy water between recordings so that it's uh you know so it doesn't get any cross contamination there well, you know, maybe they could have a the odd crossover episode. Yeah. <laughs> hey, right, okay, so back to what we were just talking about there. Yes. The Umbrella Academy. Have you watched it? I I've watched the first episode. I thought it was uh I thought it was pretty good. Um I I, I do want to get kinda of get more into it and uh and to see if it, if it's as it, it's, it was quite slow the first episode. But um, yeah. I think it's gonna get a lot faster as 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 the, as the story progresses. Up. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't. I mean, I've watched. I'm. I think I'm episode five or six, and I don't necessarily feel like it's ramped up. But at the same time, I've really liked it. Have you not seen it, Scott? No, no I haven't watched it. I, I have had two solid weeks of of late nights and work, so I have not had the chance to really watch anything. <sighs> I know. We see. I, I was all set to uh, to binge watch the the first season, of it, and then out of the blue, without even really realizing it, I got into Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> oh right, okay. A, a, show, a show that I've been uh, poo-pooing and, and not really paying attention to ever since it started, and uh-huh. watched, watched like ten episodes over the weekend. And uh-huh. Yeah, I really like it. I, I really, know. really like it. Are you, are you in the first season then, still? Or? I'm still in the first season. Yeah, we're we're, we're sort of okay. edging towards the end of that, and I'm kind of uh, really engaged in it. Who knew? Been trying yeah. to tell you for a year to watch it. Look, I, I find these things on my own time. <laughs> <laughs> you can lead her on to Star Trek, but you can't make him drink or something. This um, happens to me all the time. I mean, and just last week, I uh, I find myself not that busy, um, and I was home early a couple of days, and I thought I must try this show, Catastrophe, which ended last week. <laughs> and I watched all four. Catastrophe's brilliant. I watched all four all four seasons of Catastrophe in I think three days. Jeez, and I absolutely loved it. Oh, have we lost PJ? 
Okay. Oh no, he's there. Oh no, he's, he's back. There. Oh, he's back. He's back. I tell you what, I'm I did. Still here. I lost you. I didn't hear anything. I uh, I came home late one night, and Hannah was watching um, Young Offenders. Okay. On BBC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, oh, is that the Cork? The Cork yes. thing is that they're in Cork yeah, and they're, they're Dairy Girls set in Cork. Um, well, but, yeah, I mean it's like languagey. It's a bit more kind of. I mean, it's very rude, isn't it? Very <laughs> adult. No? Yeah, I mean, well, I guess so. Dairy Girls is pretty far out there in terms oh, of. That's true. That's true. Yeah, but it's really funny. Yeah, it's I, very, I really very funny. The, the episodes that I saw of it. Yeah. yeah. It's great, and I think everything, it's all on the iPlayer, and then they have a film that they did as well, which is on uh, Netflix. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's great. And Dairy Girls is back soon? Dairy Girls is back soon. The trailer just went out last Last week. night. Uh, I saw oh, some... we, were, we, were, we were in Derry, actually, uh, on Sunday. Did you see Sunday any girls? Monday. Uh, do you know what? Annette missed them by about an hour, because they were beside that not particularly well recognizable uh, that i mean i don't want to say anything too bad about a fellow artist but i mean and those those big murals are hard to paint but they're not great likenesses if we're honest i mean <laughs> I, I haven't i haven't seen them in the flesh but i thought the ones like from the pictures that i saw i thought they were they were fine enough um yeah, yeah I mean, the girls they're, they're quite good but they're not brilliant likenesses but you know the girls were in Derry. there was a there was a special uh premiere screening of episodes one and two in Derry last night yeah, in the guild uh, hall. Yeah. In the guild hall, yeah. Um, Were you uh, at it? No, I wasn't, no. Oh, you're not invited? Uh, no, I was not. Wow, that's cruel. I don't like Dairy Girls. Like <laughs> 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 I keep on saying, I just don't find it funny in the slightest. But I'm waiting I, on you coming back around to it. Well, <laughs> I, know, I, find it I find it really hard to, to believe that you don't like it. I, I just, I, I hate watch it. I, I sit there going, like, <laughs> where, is, where is the joke here? I don't get it. And I like oh, to watch it for the colours on screen. I think that's the the you, best thing about it. You are welcome. So someone did say to me <laughs> that they thought that, that a lot of the humour was based in like the the family dynamic. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't grow up really with a family dynamic, so <laughs> <laughs> so, so I kind of struggled try, to find the funny I, in a lot of these I've things. My favourite character is the put upon dad who just just wants like just to be left alone, and, and I don't know what it is about him that I, I identify so powerfully with, but. Uh, that kind of uh, Tommy Tiernan as Tommy the, Tier- yeah, as the <laughs> kind of. I wonder why you identify. I wonder why you identify with him so. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to tell. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, well, I'm, I'm looking forward. to it. I don't think it's as funny as everyone wants it to be or hopes it is, but it's, or is, is claimed to be. But it's still kind of funny. It kills an hour, a half an hour, and and um, what do you call it, Annette? quite enjoys it so i like watching it one best co- it won best comedy at the broadcast awards so all right all right all right i'm not saying it's bad or anything it didn't matter for the color scott i don't yeah, I know. <laughs> best comedy not best color best colory oh no that's terrible almost catastrophe in that category all right liam neeson calm down <laughs> because it really should win for everything <laughs> oh, yeah this catastrophe is very good um so, right, what have you guys been up to? Shall I tell you what I've been doing? <laughs> yeah, sure. Aside from looking at, looking at dogs and being in Derry, what else have you been up to? Well, right, I'm going to South by Southwest. That's that's happening now. That's definitely, definitely a thing that's happening. Yeah. You've got South a new band, Southwest. you've got a demo. You've got a... <laughs> no, well, South, so South by Southwest was a predominantly a music festival, and then it expanded into, it's just in Texas, in Austin, Texas, it lasts about a week or a week and a half or something. Uh, it started as a music festival, then it sort of broadened out into a music and arts festival, which broadened it out into music and arts and TV and film, 
and that broadened it out in the music arts, TV, and film, and, and uh, tech. It, it, it tech stuff. The techie uh, hipsters and, showed up then, going, "What's where's the scraps?" <laughs> yeah, basically they all turned up, going, "Look, you, you guys all need computers. Can we sell you some of these computers?" Um, Have so an e-scooter. I'm going. I'm going out as part of a kind of techie thing, um, about all about immersive technology and stuff, which is where the weirdness of my career seems to be kind of maybe heading. I don't know. Um, I'm, I've been doing stuff, you know, I've been doing this stuff with, uh, for, with Kinos where I kind of designed a, a, a immersive experience, which is all happening next week. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how it's going. I've got to do a press day tomorrow where I go down the press are going to try this experience out and I'm going to chat to them. I'm also tomorrow I'm going to do a, a meeting with, I, everyone who's going over to South by Southwest is a big contingent of people are going over are going to sit and have lunch and chat about what's going to be going on well, when there, do we get to try doing. out this immersive experience I don't know uh, never I, I don't think you're going to get the chance to it's designed for kids so that rules you out of the general stuff I was they, a kid think, once <laughs> there was a hope I think we were going to have a family day where people could invite friends and family down to try it so that might still happen. And if that does, I'll give you a shout and you can come down and, and give it a go. Um, it is, I mean, it's like a lot of these things where you do something and you think, um, this is not this is okay. And then other people go on about how brilliant it is. And you're going, it's not as good as you. Are you sure it's not? I mean, and then you think maybe it's my perspective that's wrong. Maybe maybe they're all right and I'm wrong on this front. And, and, then, and then you do something else that you think is amazing. And you go, this is amazing. You show it to people and they all go, eh, it's all right. And you think, what is it? I don't. Well, why? Why? What? What is the discrepancy? What is the thing? What is the the internal critical thing in your head that can't tally up when you see when you do something actually good that it matches at the level everyone else thinks it is? What is that? I don't get. It's very confusing to me. It's, it's always off for standards. me. It's, but that's it's always off for me. It's never like I I posted a cover. I'm just about, I've finished the cover for um, a thing I'm doing. And I, I thought, okay, that looks okay. That looks okay. That should be okay. I think I'm going to post it up primarily because I actually just want people to say, that's awesome. But I've actually posted up saying, any thoughts before I send this to the editor and writer and to this kind of private um, group on Facebook? And there's a lot of thoughts people have, and they've all made me want to cry. And I've just gone, <laughs> oh, I, thought, I thought I was really happy with that, but no. You're too, yeah, well, you're think, too sensitive, though. Well, why, why would you open yourself up to uh, by asking people if they have was, any thoughts on your work instead of just posting it going, this is finished, everybody this is take, a, take, all you're take a look? I really want to scrap all the colour and just, re, just rethink it and just do it all again. I think that's what I'm going to end up doing. All right, all right. <laughs> All right, good use of that. I'll I'll grant you that one. Um, yeah, mm. that, it's just it's like, uh, and I mean, I even want to redraw the whole thing. So it's it's like, uh, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, the thing is, I started coloring it. I posted a thing up on Twitter with a bit, a bit that I really liked, and it was like a really graphic design bit. So that really looks really nice as a graphic design. The problem is that it's not that kind of paint, and it's like a more realistic thing. And that's still still got those elements of graphic design. I'm like going, oh, I really like that. That, that, that doesn't work for the rest of that stuff. So, Well, if it's I any help, I really love that Fantastic Four you posted. That was a while ago, but thanks. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that anyway. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. But I mean, that, it, it is... I, I think when you invite criticism, everyone will have an opinion because, of course, they do. Um, and so, and you can go away and learn from it. And you, and you start looking, you round up everything people have said, and you go, "Okay, he said this," and he's like, "If it's that thing where 
you know, if one person says you're a donkey, you sort of freely ignore them. But if five people call you a donkey, start looking for a tail. It's kind of, you know, you've got to think, is are they all right when they say, you know, if that's one bit, six people say this bit is too red, then you kind of go, maybe that bit is too red. So I don't know. But And then the, this, this other thing, the, the immersive experience stuff, I'm kind of going, this seems like a really simple thing that I've done here, but everyone's going on about how great it is. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's the experience is, is quite overwhelming when you're actually in it. But part of me is kind of just wants to curl up on their ball and lie down and go. They, have, <laughs> they don't have the motion sickness from the VR headset yet. Just give it time, and I'm sure they'll give it they'll time. Right well, up along I mean, that, that's that's one of the big things they're they're trying to iron out is any chance of motion sickness. So hopefully that won't be a problem. But of course, it, I mean, someone's always going to react more than someone else. Um, so anyway, that, no, nobody so says that. that anything I do is great anyway. So it's not really. <laughs> okay, get a lot of sympathy <laughs> from me. In a band with him, I mean, did people not tell you how great your band is. That was like ten years ago. You weren't even prepared. To ex- you weren't even prepared to accept praise for a picture you posted last week. What was that? Fantastic the Four. Pa- Jesus, that was more than a week ago. Maybe two weeks ago at most. I was like, it's like it was, months ago. It wasn't ten years ago. <laughs> it was like months ago. It well, really was it. not. It was not months ago. It was months ago. It was three weeks at most. All right. Well, if you say so. I, I mean, I, I don't believe you, but okay. Um, PJ's so, living fast in the VR world here. <laughs> Time flies fast when you're a tech mogul. He's going to be the next Jeff Bezos, and we'll all see his balls. <laughs> it's mostly balls. Mostly balls. Did you, do, you remember, do you remember, was I having a chat with you about the photo of me throwing a, a stone when I was 14 or something? Yes. Did no. you see? I yeah. saw the picture. Did we record that in the podcast? No. Did, did we not record that in the podcast? Oh, okay. I don't I, even well, remember this conversation gonna... taking place. Do you not? Nope. I thought it. Well, right. Okay. Here's here's what I've done. The, the, there's a, a thing called, um, what's it called? I can't remember. Creative XR, which is looking for to fund immersive experiences. So the thing that I'm doing now, Dragon Slumber, is this immersive experience where you see dragons and whatever, uh, and you walk around it and stuff, and that's kind of a fun thing. You know, maybe there's a a career there by going down a route of building these immersive experiences. That's that's kind of the thing I'm exploring right now. Um, I don't know. Nobody knows. That's the thing. That's the interesting thing about it. It's like when the iPhone came out and the App Store opened, it was like a lot of people going, is, is there a business to be had by making apps for the iPhone? I, I don't know. Nobody knew. Um, so it's a bit like that. But anyway, this Creative XR had a bunch of money to give the if you had a project. And the project I suggested was one called Growing Up in the Troubles, which is the, the idea is this immersive experience where you put on a headset and you, you explore what it's like to be a child growing up in the troubles. You're born in 1969, so you're a baby, and you overhear radio uh, conversations. You're you're then four years old and you're in the living room and you see TV screens showing you troubles and stuff. And the idea is that you, uh, through kind of simple games that you're playing as as a child, uh, you feel like you're that child. You feel like you're you know the world is scaled in such a way that you feel like you're five years old. But you're also exposed to what's happening in Northern Ireland at that time in 1974, 75 or so. And so that's the kind of so I've put in for a big funding thing for this thing it might go nowhere but it might be fun but one of the other things i was going to do is this is this it's kind of i've i've described it as partly a self-portrait because all these moments in time are moments that have happened to me and so one of the moments is when i'm like 13 or 14 when i'm pretending to throw a stone in a riot because my mate and i saw loads of riots on tv and it was like oh i wish we were in a riot that looks so cool and of course we were going nowhere near any riots so he got me to take a photo like i was throwing a stone in a riot and that's what that photo is. Uh, that, that we'll post that up in the, on uh, on links. But um, 
the what do you call it? The um, I I lifted a stone and pretended to throw it, and then I gently put the stone back down on the ground when I was finished. Oh, PJ. Because <laughs> I was such a wimp. He's a rebel. Yeah, what would you know? You never grew up in the troubles. You aren't hard like me. Mm. What did you do? What's the most exposure you ever had to the troubles? I nearly joined the UVF as brains. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I forgot that. <laughs> uh. Ah, brains. <laughs> I would include that in this immersive VR thing if I thought anyone would believe it. Could you have a section where you get to go uh, marching on the 12th holding your dad's hand? Oh, did you Did you used to do that? Oh, was that, that was like my favourite thing on the 12th. I was like, I just wanted to walk around holding my dad's hand and waving at everyone. I didn't realise I was in a hate parade. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember whenever we did the show one time and um, just, to, just to let you know, it was 31st of January I posted that... Uh, that, that um, uh, incredible, or that fantastic, fantastic four. So less than a month yeah. ago. So, yeah. How long? How long was that? No, hang on. That wasn't the first time. That was the second time I posted. The first time's even further back though. Cool. But anyway, 30. anyway, anyway. I I never got to. Um, I never went in Orange Fruit in the move that would surprise no one, because I think because Granddad might have seen this. No, um, Granddad was too ashamed of us. Going. Um, I'm not no, having my papist kids going. <laughs> <laughs> did you like I don't think I, my brother used to go to bonfire nights around 12th of July but he never I, you know as a Catholic uh, but he had lots of Protestant friends so I don't I don't know I mean, I, I've been to I've been to 11th night bonfires um, as recently as a few years ago just because oh, okay. I really like big fires so I <laughs> whenever I, I think the first or second year after I met Susie I said do you want to go and see one of these big fuck off fires so I took her up to the one up um, the Shankle, and I said, "I was going to say, of course, Susie's never seen one of those." Oh God, so, no, no, she was. I mean, unless she's expecting someone to walk out of it and kind of in a cult like uh, odd move. You know, no, like, I, I think oh, I think she was mortally terrified for most of it. So um, <laughs> we went into the belly of the beast up the Shankle Road, which for our non-local listeners is basically the Protestant heartland of Belfast. Yeah, and I would be scared. You see, there's nothing. There's literally nothing to be scared of because everyone is no, out I know having, that. I know having that. a great I know time. That. Uh, no, I know if, that. If you're if you're up there and all of a sudden you develop some sort of like papal Tourette's, then you you, yeah. might, you might be in trouble if you start crossing yourself and saying, "Oh, Holy Mary." <laughs> but for the most part, everyone is just you know buying ice creams in the street and yeah, holding sparklers and and trying not to get their faces uh, melted off by a gigantic you know. Ten-story high fire. Hmm. Fire's uh, cool. good. Fire is really a, cool. Yeah, I mean, was it as, as good as you hoped it would be? It was, and that one was the most awesome fire I've ever been present. You, did you get a really good photo from that? Is that the night that the, that was a different year? A different year. I have a I have a really good photograph of a, of a of a reveler standing in front of the fire with his top off and uh, his arms out and a tin his, in his, his arms hand, out I think, and a tin each hand. I, yeah. yeah, if I can remember. But um, mm-hmm. the one up in the one up the shankle was. Unreal. It was the fire itself, the bonfire itself was inside this um, fenced off area, like a, an open sort of, I don't know, like a vacant lot, I suppose Americans call it, just a big empty space. And everyone mm. was standing in there, and I was standing at the back. And then as the fire got um, stronger and went higher and was much, much hotter, everyone kind of filtered out of that fenced in area. And I was at the back, and I realized this is getting unbearably hot. And mm. um, to the point where, like, we were starting to get trapped in this area. <laughs> And I, th- I realized if the if the bonfire fell, it was going to mm-hmm. fall probably on me. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
But uh, mm-hmm. we, we got out. But I mean, like, I, I remember Susie being behind me, just pushing me like a train the whole way. Like, go, 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 go. And then we got out. And then the bonfire did fall about, like, maybe, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes later. But it was, uh, and when it falls, like, the blast of the heat towards you is very action movie-esque. You know, it's a real, yeah. it's a real wave of heat. Um, I wouldn't mm-hmm. advise anyone to go because you're, you're clearly supporting something terrible. But um, <laughs> if you want to see a massive, massive fire, yeah, it's 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 something to be seen to be believed. Yeah, uh, um, I yeah, I mean, I, I it's all of these things in Northern Ireland where where there has to be the separation of events because of religion. Where you know, you get your Twelfth of July and you get your St Paddy's Day parade, and never the twain shall meet. Well, yeah, I suppose for for, for listeners who don't know, I mean, these these bonfires are covered in like um, Irish regalia, like Irish flags. And um, you know, and they're not in, in epic to celebrate. No, no, they're, they're trying to burn Irishness. <laughs> yeah, burn know. it out of them. So they'll have maybe like effigies of of the Pope and uh, local political figures who are you know for United Ireland and um, yeah, qu- quite quite a lot of election posters that they save. So they so they can put pictures of like you know um, local politicians that they don't like on on the bonfire. Yeah. It is a complete hate festival. It's awesome. <laughs> <though>. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It and, is. and the thing um, is, if there was a hate festival directed at uh, the Protestant community, I'd go to that too. You know, <laughs> it's, it's about the fire for like me. A nice big fire. Oh god, yeah, yeah. yeah so- I love a fire. <laughs> well, that's. I mean, I think that I think the thing is, for a lot of people, it's kind of even the stuff that that's there. I think if you're from the other community, you look at it and you, you assume there's all this vitriol associated with it. But oftentimes it's just, yeah, it's a laugh, isn't it? We're just going to stick up a picture of the Pope. That's fine. That's funny. Yeah, it's and this, it, it's this carnival not, atmosphere. Not, yeah. 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 There's not a real sort of intent to go, yeah, we really want to, if the Pope were here, we'd burn him. Although, I mean, I'm quite sure if the Pope were there, it would not it would not increase the fun fair atmosphere of it all. Yeah. Just, it might, <laughs> might put a damper on things. <laughs> for some, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, uh, yeah. I've always had a there fascination with fire. I set fire to a building whenever I was small. What? Yeah. How small were you? <clears throat> I would have been about maybe 10, 9, oh, 10, uh-huh. something like that. So I went over to my cousin's house and um, there was a an empty house in the you know next to his house. And they had a lot yeah. of outbuildings like uh, stables and sheds and stuff. And we started a fire in a shed and burnt it down. So, mm-hmm. um, nice. we, 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 we did the whole thing of kind of going saying that, you know, it wasn't us, it wasn't me, it wasn't me, governor, yeah. but it was really hard to kind of, uh, um, make that claim whenever, you know, they found all the matches in our pockets. You stank <laughs> and of smoke. Wow. We stank of smoke. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, and you know, we, we, we were sort of standing at the other side of the fence, just watching this, this poor building burn to the ground. Yeah. But, but yeah, it was um, great. It was awesome fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's nuts. Um, I remember I, my I mean, sister w- got uh, kind of, you know, whenever you get that age, kind of early teens, when you're kind of obsessed with fire first time around. And I think my sister, mm-hmm. you'll like, you'll burn things in your bedroom and, you know, typical yeah. teenage fodder. Uh, my sister yeah. tried to um, burn some toilet roll. Oh, in, wow. Yeah, in her bedroom. Um, that would have went up really quick. Yeah, it went up quick, and it, she panicked and tried to run to the bathroom and put it in the toilet. <laughs> uh, and by the time she got Ugh. to the bathroom, it was far too big, and she dropped it and singed the bathroom carpet. Oof. Um, but my mum covered for her, and we 
shaved the melted bits of the carpet with a razor, like a mm-hmm. Ge- like a Gillette Mac Three. Shaved uh-huh. the, the the melted bits off so that the carpet just kind of looked sort of normal, just a wee bit worn. Again, yeah, it just looked a little bit worn. Um, and I don't know if she ever told my dad. Well, <laughs> PJ, did you ever do anything when you were young that you you thought you got away with? That well, look, I mean, I I will tell you, as not only that throwing stone incident that wasn't. I also uh, once walked across a big road. And the policeman came and told me off, and so I never misbehaved again. <laughs> I mean, if if justice can be that swift for me when I walk across a big road, I'm not allowed to go across. I wasn't taking any sort of risks. That was that was it. Like, I, I, like the the road I went across was the um, the Annandale Embankment Road. So Ooh, where the okay. so basically from uh, from where Dunstores would be, which is it's a bit. I mean, it's not a small road. It's, it's no, it's quite, it's like four. Three, it's like four four lanes of traffic, right? It's well, it's, it's, it's strictly speaking, it's three lanes of traffic, but it's it's three lanes of traffic. So um, it it would have been um, a well traveled, busy, busy, and not just not just a big road, but on the other side of it, it's just the river lagging. So there's not even any particular reason you'd cross the road when you're that age, except the go across to the river lagging. Um, so I, I crossed the road and the police came and said, don't be crossing the road there. And they walked me back to the house. I still, I mean, still burn with shame now and I must have been five. I, sh- <laughs> I shot a kid in the face with a catapult. <laughs> All right, Dick Cheney. Which was, uh, <laughs> yeah, which was uh, sort of accidental, but sort of on purpose. Because he, mm-hmm. he bet me that I, Science, I, I said, if I, right. he said, if you go, you know, if you went like way, way, way down there, I bet you couldn't hit me with the catapult. And mm-hmm. I was like, I, I bet I could. And I, and he said, no, uh-huh. I, this probably seems a bit dangerous. And I was like, right, well, turn around then put your back to me so that I can't hit anything vital. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, okay. So I went down to the thing and picked up a stone and got everything ready and, one of our other friends cycled past me and towards him and kind of shouted, hello. And he turned around as I released the catapult and I hit him right between the eyes. And I've never been so terrified because... Did did justice come for you, you know? Nope. Nope. See, I think this is a Catholic Protestant thing. It's very clear to me that the cops knew I was a Catholic and that's why they picked on me and you two get away with bloody murder. Yeah, you arson, see, arson and actual bodily harm. Scott's story <laughs> reminded me of one of the worst things I did as a youngster. Ooh. Which didn't involve arson or anything, but uh, so I was down in um, Newcastle or rather, more specifically at a, I think it was Castlewell and Forest Park where my, my family were staying, my cousins were staying um, in the caravan park and mm-hmm. um, I think it was a yeah, it was like a weekend. So we, we were off sort of playing in the forest and then kind of, you know, adventuring in the forest, me and my brother and my cousin and my, my other cousin. And these small kids came up and um, they were kind of staring to see what we were doing. And one of them came closer and he didn't have a top on, you know. And I, for some reason, I just said, said I was just going to give slap him on the back. Oh! So I slapped him hard on the back and I said something terrible, like something very nine or ten year old. I was terrible, nine or ten year old. Like, there's mm-hmm. a red hand of Ulster for you. <laughs> and, and he burst out crying, and him and his the other two compatriots went running back off into the forest. About five minutes later, I heard this thundering noise come through the forest of, mm-hmm. of a much larger animal or, or creature. <laughs> and this uh, this large man who, you know, I'd never seen someone so big in my life, and just said, Who hit my son? Who hit my son? 
And of course, everyone <laughs> there pointed at me. And uh, mm-hmm. I said, look, he was swearing at us and he was, he was calling us names. So I hit him and he said, my son is deaf. Oh, oh. <laughs> at which point I promptly wet myself. <laughs> Because what do you do? I just stood there, wet myself. Because <laughs> I figured this this is where the police come and take you away. I had a deaf kid. Oh, my goodness. You're always picking on people in a weaker position than you, uh, Ron. I mean, it, it says something. It speaks well of you, I think, that you've You've looked back on that and gone, I can't, I can't continue in this way. I'm clearly a bully. I clearly am not a nice person. I need to change. And change you have. I think I think I what really, happened was every know. time there wasn't anyone around to bully me, I figured, well, someone's got to be the apex predator around here. <laughs> you got to nuke, got to nuke something, circle of life, and all I that. I mean, like, like, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's just a reflection of who you are now, but it, it's hard for me to picture you as an apex predator in any situation. Oh no, I'm just a ground weevil now. I'm, I'm a grub. <laughs> Even ground weevils have their apex predators. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I don't know. Are we like? I think what works about our show is none of us are alpha males. No. Except for me, obviously. <laughs> I don't know. doesn't even matter. Who cares? So, right, what else is happening? Anything else exciting in you? No, I saw something weird that stuck with me for like a week. Whenever I was driving home from work last week, I saw a couple who must have been like, I don't know, 15, 16 in their school mm-hmm. uniforms, walking home from school. Boy and a girl holding hands. Ah, oh, that's nice. They were holding both hands. What? What? They were like, hold. They were holding all of their hands. Like walking sideways okay. and walking. Yeah, I'm walking down the street like two morons. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just. It's just. You're a horrible person. No, it's just because they were just making things difficult, and it feels like you know whenever you're in your first relationship and you're like, I don't want to do anything to mess this up. So yeah, if, if you've got your arm around a girl, you'll sit uncomfortably until your arm gets cramped rather than just adjust and be comfortable. Like mm-hmm. maybe, maybe one of them, you know, tapped, tapped the other one on the palm and said something nice. And then was like, Oh, I can't move this now. This is here. And because he was doing it, she was like, Oh, he's put the other hand on. Now I have to put the other hand on. If I let go, the relationship might be over. <laughs> So and they walked down the street like no you hang up no you let go no yeah. you let go no you let go so they walked no, down the street like a like some sort of crab. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, what must it be like to to be so old and cynical to look upon that and see nothing but nothing nothing but contempt? No, I don't think no. You would have to be a sociopath to look at that and think, oh, <laughs> that's nice. No, you immediately look at that and think, "What? What has happened here? This is this is clear. This this is not something that is that is normal. This is some sort of glue-related mishap. Mm-hmm. They, they've they have become stuck together, and they are walking. They are walking to the shop to get some acetone. That's the only explanation. There is no way that two competent humans would walk down the street holding all of their hands. Well, see, I, who was comp- who was competent at seventeen? Whenever, well. whenever I see young people doing something I don't understand, I assume I'm the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I assume I've missed something, some sort of pop culture thing, and this is the way it I, is now. Uh, I feel like maybe what's going on here is that is, is some girl broke his heart at seventeen, and he's never, and he just can't stand to see young people in love. 
just can't abide it. Think, no, why should why should you be happy when my heart was ripped out by a seventeen year old girl? Well, when a I was happy marriage years. and one point seven five children <laughs> aren't enough to quell, yeah, quell that fire. Not enough. Not not enough. It's never enough, is it? How could it be? Like, yeah, I might have it all now, but I I know deep down I I I didn't have what you have. You and your two. I've hands never found someone I want to hold all my hands with. Speaks very poorly of your wife. <laughs> Hannah wouldn't. Hannah would not hold all of my hands. Well, Hannah wouldn't stand for oh, that. Oh no, we've got it. Now we've no. got it. Hannah, Hannah refuses to hold his hands. That's what's going on here. Uh, <laughs> Have you never tried like like logging hands and toes? That would be just. <laughs> it's a, that might be the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. <laughs> That's gross. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you don't think that would be nice? No. No. No, locking right. toes, sort of like meshing them together. Uh, meshing toes together? No, no, not for you. No, be not like a toe. First person. of all, you'd have to be, you would have to be foot to foot, like the the yeah the bottom of your foot. Why are you saying yeah? Like you've done this? <laughs> not, I haven't done it, but I, mean, I can't imagine it'd be that difficult. It it's not like about it. It's, it's not a difficult. It's not the difficulty that's the problem. It's the fact that it's weird and gross. Yeah, it's not <laughs> the how. It's the why. Yeah. Any anything that involves people's bodies is weird and gross when you really think about it. It just depends exactly when you're thinking about it. But some of it's weirder and grosser. You're thinking about it post-coital. It's lovely. You think about it. Uh, no, no, post-coital. It's awful. <laughs> Everything's awful. It's all terrible. I can't believe you let me do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that might be just a Catholic in me. I used to respect them. you, but no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you let me do that? Ooh. What kind Ooh. of a person are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, you wouldn't even you let me hold both your hands. Ooh, weirdo. It's like that. I mean, this is this is. I, I I think I've mentioned this before, but they used to. Oh, thank you. We need help getting mice down the stairs. They're trying to get the dog down the stairs. It's apparently so because we're up three blocks of uh, three floors. It, um. I thought it might be a problem getting a dog up and down the stairs. Apparently, it is a problem to get the dog down the stairs. What, why, so is it I a, am, why is it a problem to get the dog down the stairs? Dogs aren't used to stairs. Yeah, I mean, they're not great on them. What? Yeah. And I think the, long, the longer and more awkward the legs. I'm going to go and sort this out, right? Okay, so um, I will try and tap back into the call. But if, if I can't come back, then I can't come back. Um and this is me, PJ Centurio. That's what I'm doing. You guys can wrap up, but if, if you, it might only be two minutes. So well, we'll, we'll wrap up here anyway. It's been long All enough right of then. a show. I think our listeners <laughs> who are who are always keen to support us via Patreon.com forward slash Sunnyside Podcast will feel that they have got the value should, out of this show. You should definitely record a jingle for that and stick it on one of your buttons. Yeah, something. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, maybe I'll come up with some sort of Patreon jingle. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. anyone that doesn't follow us on social media, we have entered a competition to win a crap ton of studio equipment. Um, I think that's the, actually what it said in the prize. Crap ton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it is one metric crap ton of uh, of studio gear from the lovely people at Rode. So if you go to... I don't think Ma- it helps if we bottle them up. I mean, you know, couldn't hurt. Uh, is it... All right. Bye, PJ. We'll, we'll put links bye, to it in the show bye. notes. Yeah, so if you could right, go and bye. give us a vote. Bye, but fuck off. <laughs> go away, I'm feeling my... <laughs> <laughs> like I see he's faded out. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Um, so yeah, if you could follow the links and give us a vote, it uh, it helps to get us noticed and might make us win a whole load of stuff that will make the podcast sound an awful lot better. 
saying that, I've already spent money on stuff. <laughs> okay, so what we'll do is if we win it, we'll sell the stuff that we win to pay off pay, pay the off stuff that Ron has already paid <laughs> for the Ron Caster. I can't, I can't wait. You see, I just go ahead. It's, it's shiny. It's got buttons. It's got it's sliders. It's got colored buttons it's as well. It's got colored buttons. Yeah. It's, got, it's got things like this, ladies and gentlemen. You hear that? <laughs> so, like, you know, I can program all of the little jingles into this little pad here. I mean, you never really stood a chance. No. It, truth be told, it but was... It, it, just, it was calling to me. It was always going to happen. And you've ordered new microphones as well. I've ordered new microphones, although they told me they're not going to come until the middle of March, at the, at the earliest. Ugh. It's ages away. Ugh. You're just going to have to listen to these. These bog-standard mics. <laughs> Instead of the much more expensive sounding mics, the same one, the same mics we've used for ten years, and when we have both of them, it's great. <laughs> the show didn't get started until late tonight because I, I arrived at Scott's house with one microphone between the two of us. Yeah, and, and we that, couldn't that just MacGyver fly. rig any sort of solution, so I had to go back home, get another microphone, and bring it back here. Yeah, that's what happens. Whenever well, we take things out of the Sunnyside Towers. Yeah, Sunnyside Towers is where everything should really be happening. But I think we'll wind this up for another night. And uh, yeah, so it's been a, a different kind of show with PJ not here. He still talked probably far more than he should have. <laughs> but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll try and refine the audio quality with uh, phoning guests in the future. So I've been Ron. I'm Scott. And uh, we'll see you about. There's a dark and a troubled satellite.